Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Jumping when you need him. Blackhawks live. Bedard takes the puck. Scores! What a goal by Connor Bedard! How did he do that? Chris Bosters. Kurashev. Puck tipped in. The Blackhawks goal from Connor Bedard. From the downtown studios of WGN Radio. Valino Bedard. He scores! Whoa! Time to talk hockey. Time to talk Hawks. Bedard's got a three-point period, and the Hawks lead 4-2. to two. It's time for Blackhawks Live. Now, here's Joe Brand. What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Blackhawks Live. We're here at 720 WGN Radio. Our producer is Jack Heinrich. I'm Joe Brand. And Chris Foster's see him on TV, you see him on social media, he is in the house, he's in studio, and we're here for you for the next hour talking Blackhawks hockey. Chris, what's up, man? How are you? Gosh, that was a great mixtape that you guys <laughs> had for me. I, I'm really flattered. I think that was Ernie that put that together, right? He's, he's right over there. He had to sit here and, and see your reaction to it. He was like uh, a, a proud mother on Christmas watching you unwrap your gift, the PlayStation 2. She said he was, she wasn't going to give you. Ernie, I didn't know I sounded that good, man. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Boy, you can, you can make anybody sound good with production skills like that. That was awesome. No, he's the man. He does it each and every week. And uh, yeah, we're, we're blessed to have a lot of talent here at 720 WGN. And Lots to talk about this week. Unfortunately, coming off a, another loss and uh, now a four-game losing skid. But, you know, Luke Richardson was talking about the difference between the Hawks and the Sabres coming away from yesterday's game and how because Buffalo won it, even though it was fairly even matched, Buffalo can kind of go away like, oh, we got our stepping stone. We're on the trajectory up. Our three-game losing skid is over. The Hawks were inches away from tying things up. But yet, because they were on the losing end, it's it's all back to what's going wrong, what's not working out. Even though it was a fairly evenly matched game, I know the first period wasn't great, but it was it was pretty even. I think that's the cruel irony of the NHL schedule and maybe life in the NHL writ large. The first 16 games, all we were talking about, or the first 14 games, all we were talking about was how difficult the schedule was. They had the five-game road trip to start the season. They played Tampa twice, Florida twice, New Jersey, Colorado, Boston, Vegas. Then you hit a quote-unquote soft spot on the schedule, three straight games against teams with losing records. But when you play teams like that, that at this point in the season haven't gotten their wheels on track yet, They come in looking at the Hawks like, okay, this is, as you said, Joe, where we get right. And so there's just never an opponent that you can overlook in the NHL, no matter what the record is, no matter how they've been playing coming in. you got to play a complete game to beat any team in the league. And it's a Blackhawks team with a lot of exciting pieces, both young and old, but they're still trying to stitch everything together yet and play a complete game. No matter how you felt about the game, I feel like it was those feelings were reciprocated by the Blackhawks. The players seemed pretty frustrated, especially Nick Foligno. Luke Richardson kind of took a more reserved approach. He, he thought that there were a lot of things to 
take home and, and be positive about. The biggest story has to be that top line. We were really excited to see what it could do, and it, it was exciting to see. There are a lot of good flashes, but also when you put those three offensively skilled guys, Reichel, Bedard, and Kurashev on the same line, you're going to miss out on a little bit of grittiness and a little bit of defense and just a little bit of the hard-nosed battles. But, man, when they're in motion, when they're moving the puck around, that that, that was a lot of fun. I mean, was it fun to call <laughs> to, to finally see that in motion? It was. And for the diehards out there who have been following the team since preseason, we got a taste of that line before the regular season started. And I remember Luke Richardson saying at the time, Okay, we we know that we can go to this line combination if we need to. Yep. We know that Bedard centering Reichel and Kurashev has got a lot of potential. We saw it last year in the regular season with the chemistry that Reichel and Kurashev had when Reichel was up in March. So we knew that it was in the playbook. It just needed to the right set of circumstances needed to line up for us to see it in regular season play. And I think with the Hawks on a on a bit of a skid. It was the right moment to try out the the young prospects, really, on the team. But also, with the readjusted lines last night, I like that veteran line with Jason Dickinson centering Nick Foligno and Corey Perry. That was another line that we saw in preseason as well. And I think maybe what the top line now lacks in grit, you can kind of make up for it with good grit and good energy from that veteran line of Dickinson, Foligno, and Perry. We got Chris Foster's here on 720 WGN. This is Blackhawks Live. He's the TV play-by-play guy for the Blackhawks, but Chris, I know you got a radio background. We we kind of go way back to our radio backgrounds and uh not even the first time that you've been in the talk show form either. Didn't you do a little bit of that over in uh Great Lakes? Well, first of all, thank you for bringing up the radio background and I just have to shout out WGN. I was a little agog walking into a place like this. This is just a state-of-the-art studio. I mean, this is really, really big time. And yes, it, it reminds me of one of the first jobs that I had out of college working for WLUN in Midland, Michigan, which was an ESPN radio affiliate and also was the flagship station for the Great Lakes Loons of the Midwest League, the minor league baseball team that I worked for and what allowed me to cross paths with Joe covering Midwest League baseball, single A at the time. I guess it's high A now, right? Yeah, yeah, they did move up to high A. That's that's pretty cool. Um, that was a great radio station that I was at uh, in, in Midland. That was a, a fabulous setup, really launched my career in many ways. But coming into a place like this, I mean, this is major market, big time feel, gorgeous view here in downtown Chicago on the 18th floor. I mean, this is really, really cool. And it, it definitely makes me reflect very fondly on my radio background. It's a great medium. It, it, it kind of reminds me of that booth in Great Lakes. What was the ball? The Dow Diamond. Dow Diamond. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it was, it was a radio station inside the ballpark. You did the game's in your booth, and then the visiting booth was a mini-studio. It was just such a cool setup and a, a great way to cut your teeth in, in the sports industry. And I, I remember everybody getting to go to the Dow Diamond. It was like it, it was a fun thing. It was like a field trip because the food was great, the view was great, the setup was great, the hotel was great. What, what's, uh, what was the, the late-night bar attached to that hotel? Oh, gosh. Was it like... By the Holiday Inn Express. I You know what? I'm... I'm drawing a L's blank. or something or Jack's or 
I don't know if I don't know if that was it. You see that that was that was one hundred percent the bar for visitors, right? Right. Both both teams and like when you had family coming into town, they would stay <laughs> at that hotel. That was out by the mall. But the the main drag in downtown Midland, there was Diamond Gyms and Oscars. That's right. So I those were the those. two places that were that were much more in in my rotation because of proximity to the ballpark. But Midland was a lovely town, and, and you mentioned for. A minor league setup to check the boxes of good hotel, yeah. good ballpark, good food. I mean, you were playing with, with house money at that <laughs> point because, you know, there were certainly plenty of towns on the minor league circuit oh, yeah. where you'd be staying at a Super 8. Nothing wrong with that, but, you know. The it, road dog. <laughs> the, the ro- AKA the roadway in, in Beloit, Wisconsin, <laughs> yes. my home state. You know, I, I, I love all things Wisconsin, including the, the roadway in, in Beloit, but. Yeah, different certainly different levels to the to the minor league experience depending on what town you were in. And it was just amazing how separated it was because all the good ballparks were in one division, <laughs> the, the division you were in, and all the other ballparks were in the other division, the one I was in. Uh, but, but those ballparks just had a lot of character. A lot of That's character, all. a lot of personality. <laughs> I, I still will die on the hill that Burlington, Iowa is one of the best places to be at and call a game. Had uh, a casino in the hotel. Oh, God, yeah. Jackpot. We, we, we could do a whole segment on that. Chris <laughs> Vosters is in here on Blackhawks Live. We're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk Hawks. We're going to talk a little bit about his background. We're here until 8 o'clock. I don't think we've played our players bump yet this year. Nice going, Jack Heinrich. This is Blackhawks Live. We've got Chris Vosters in the building as we recap the last week, all Blackhawks, and dig a little bit deeper on Chris Foster's the broadcaster as well. Uh, back in 2016, um, in my second year in Kane County, calling games, minor league baseball, and the Great Lakes Loons come to town, and guy walks into my booth, hi, I'm the voice of the Great Lakes Loons, would you like to grab a drink and maybe some dinner after the game? And I'm like... You don't do this day one. You you don't you don't go out and hang out with the broadcaster after the first game. But then I thought to myself, well, why? Why is that a rule? That shouldn't be a rule. It's just I had never done it before. That man was Chris Foster's. He was the voice of the Great Lakes Loons. Now he's the voice of the Chicago Blackhawks on TV, and he's sitting down with us here. Do you remember where we went that day? I do because, and I, I'm I was going to bring it up if you didn't, but we went to Chelios, <laughs> like as in Chris Chelios's. Was, was that was that in Geneva or was that St. Charles? That's at that that's point? Geneva, Illinois. It's right across the street from the ballpark. It's no longer Chelios's, but it is. It's called Rookies now, and it's attached to the the rink, the arena where the Chicago Steel play. And it has it's it's beautiful. It was cool back then, but now they've really ramped things up. But uh, yeah, a little serendipitous that oh my uh, we went to Chelios's. It, it really ago. is wild. I, I I mean, if you would have told me then when we were having dinner where we would be eight years later or whatever it is, I I would have my jaw would have dropped. <laughs> I mean, it's just uh, the as you said, serendipity. It was pretty crazy how it's all turned out. But I would say that. The reason why I was a little forward in in asking you out on the uh, on the first broadcaster's date, I think because we were at opposite sides of the league, you know, I, I just knew that it was our only trip to play you guys that year. Yeah, and that's fair. I don't know, maybe there was a kids' day game or something like that, and it was the only night that it would have been able to work or something like that. But I'm glad you said yes. Well, I, I'm glad you asked because, like I said, no one had had done that after the first game. Um, Chris, the the cool thing is you deal with so many different partners, and you also come from the national 
background and doing regional games for Big Ten Network, for ESPN, for FS1. So you're you're kind of used to working with so many different pieces and, and partners. Um, but when you do the Hawks gig, you're on the road with them. You're able to to spend time with them to kind of create some chemistry. What's the key to making good chemistry with a broadcast partner? I think you have to put the effort in off the air, certainly, and realize that that's where the building blocks are laid to having good chemistry on the air. And it's very much a, a shared experience. I mean, it's it's you and this other person that are going through it, covering an NHL team, broadcasting games, and, and it, it can be it can be any team. It doesn't have to be at the NHL level. It doesn't have to be at the you know the highest level of pro sports. It's just the the act of covering a team, going to practice, talking to coaches, getting to know the players, traveling with the team, going to cities far and wide, big and small, to bring that team's games to fans, wherever they may be. It, it is a very intense, uh, at times intimate, and, and, and bonding experience. And so I think taking the time to get to know your broadcast partner off the air, whether it's lunches, dinners, dinners, uh, talking things over on the team bus at the team hotel, whatever the case may be, and also having having fun, just not taking it too seriously, keeping a, a good head on your shoulders and having good perspective. I think those are the keys to having success and successful chemistry on the air. And, and I, I think related to that, just taking the time to getting to know who your partner is, what makes them tick, what their likes and interests are, what kind of family life they have, wives' names, husbands' names, kids' names, whatever the case may be. I think just really getting to know your broadcast partner deepens the connection that you have on the air. And, and the audience always knows and can and can tell, I think, when you have good chemistry with your broadcast partner. They can, they can pick up on that warmth. You can maybe argue that the second biggest get by the Blackhawks this offseason was Darren Pang. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I, and it's funny because his, he, he's got five grandkids, and one of, one of his granddaughters, Charlie, who's about four, thinks that Grandpa was traded. <laughs> from, from from St. Louis to Chicago, Darren Pang, of course, was with the St. Louis. Honestly, Blues it's kind of an easy years. way to probably break the news. Sure, it's, it's... well, I I think you know what what I think he needs to gently remind Charlie is that he was he was a free agent. He wasn't he wasn't that's traded. Fair. So I I think that's the uh, that might be the caveat there. But I I agree with you, and it it's kind of funny to say, but. If you if you study broadcast history across other sports, I mean broadcasters have been traded before. And, yeah. uh, I mean, looking at baseball, you know, Harry Carey went from St. Louis to Chicago, so it, it it was a huge it was a huge get and and coincided at this amazing time in Blackhawks history with them receiving the first overall pick in the draft and having this be the draft that Connor Bedard was enrolled in. So. A lot of amazing things came together over the summer, and I just feel really, really lucky to be in the mix when all of this is going down. I think the funniest thing was at the beginning of the year, we had that broadcasters event out by the lake, and we're winding down, things are ending, and Darren Pang is, you know, giving handshakes and hugs yeah. to people, and this random fan is walking by out of nowhere. And he just goes, Hey, I just got to let you know. 
I live in Chicago, but I'm a blues fan, and I am so mad at you. And, and Darren <laughs> Pang just started cracking up and then talked to him for, what, 10 minutes, 10, yeah. 15 minutes? That poor guy's got to be pretty lonely being a, <laughs> being a blues fan in Chicago. But and... talk about the right place, right time to, <laughs> to release your grievances on, on the guy who's uh, creating your sorrow. But but then I, I know it ended with, with a positive exchange and a smile because that's just the kind of guy Darren Pang is. That's exactly right. All interactions with Darren seem to end with a smile and a laugh. He is boundless energy and enthusiasm. I don't think he's ever had a bad day and it's infectious and it it really uplifts the mood of everyone around him and he keeps things light but let me tell you something. He is a really good broadcaster. Yeah. He's got laser focus when, especially not not just in game, but especially before the game when we're developing our talking points, our our rundown, particularly for the open in commercial breaks. He's got a constant line of communication going with me and our producer and our director, setting up elements helping coordinate the assemblage of replay packages that we show when we come out of break. He really knows how to not just talk about hockey, but broadcast it, and it's it's very impressive to watch. It's cool to just see the camaraderie he's got with you, but especially the camaraderie he's got with Troy Murray, a yes. couple of former teammates, and now reunited uh, as colleagues now on the broadcast side of things, and we both know how special Troy is, and you know the the well deserved recognition he got yesterday. And I said multiple times, just what he's going through, the fact that he brings his positivity every day is also infectious, and just also kind of makes you think, why am I in a negative mood at certain times when this guy can bring his A-game each and every day? Chris Foster is sitting in on Blackhawks Live. We've got a lot more to get to, but we got to get to Steve Ruxton's news from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom. Blackhawks Live until 8 o'clock tonight, 720 WGN. Shout out to the guy that called in looking for Joey Anderson to get the call up from Rockford. What is it, seven goals in 13 games? That's impressive. It is impressive, and I'm not being snarky here, honestly. Shout out to the guy who called in for that. Uh, Joey Anderson does have the capability of coming up to the Hawks. It looks like he's part of the two-way contract uh, for $800,000, but I I think the thing is the Hawks have a lot of guys on their active roster that are fighting for spots at the bottom six. Like Guys like Boris Kachuk keep getting pushed aside, and... Mackenzie Entwistle's always fighting for a spot. Reese Johnson, I, I think it's it makes more sense to throw those guys in before Joey Anderson. But I understand where the frustration is coming from, where, where this team's lacking some some depth, some bottom six scoring, because there's a whole lot of relying on the top line or the top two lines. And unfortunately, that's just kind of a continued story with this team this year. We've seen some hard-fought efforts, but it's it's really just a matter of it's the top guys performing, and then that's kind of it over the past couple of games. Well, and I, I certainly, that, that is a great observation, and I'm sure that uh, the fan also noticed the great game that Colton Dock had yeah. the other day with the hat trick and the shootout winner against the Iowa Wild. So there are some good things happening in Rockford right now. We love to see that. But I also have utmost faith and confidence in the player development team, led, of course, by general manager Kyle Davidson. If Joey Anderson keeps racking up points the way he is now, there it's a long season and we're barely a month in. There's going to be an opportunity for him down the road. And there's, a, I think, great synergy and a great connection between what's happening in Chicago and what's happening in Rockford. We know that that was 
really a major point of emphasis for Kyle Davidson when he took over the job as full-time general manager. So that's a great update on Joey Anderson. I'm glad that he's uh, that he's doing well. I think the other thing is, too, remember, Joey Anderson was acquired in a trade with Toronto, and guys like Reese Johnson, Mackenzie Entwistle are... Entwistle was acquired in a trade, too, but they've got more tenure within the organization. They're more of the organization's guys at this point. And there's also Colin Blackwell yeah. sitting on, on the injured list, and he figures to be back in game shape very soon. But I know we were talking about the altered lines as well, and I think with putting Jason Dickinson, Nick Foligno, and Corey Perry together, and specifically moving Nick Foligno from the top line to the third line, I think that move was also designed to address the bottom six scoring or lack thereof. And and I think given time, that will be a a productive line, points-wise. Yeah, kind of spread the wealth down low a little bit. Uh, You're right about Doc. I mean, what a couple of games he's had. Four goals, a shootout goal, and I mean, he was impressing everyone at training camp at the prospect showcase already, so I think if anyone's going to get the quick call-up, it might be him. I don't know if they'd rush him that way, but who knows? Maybe Luke Richardson, Kyle Davidson want to kind of send a message, and and that might be a, a good suspect to bring up, but... um yeah, no, I, I I get where the frustration is coming from looking for a little bit more push from this team. And I, 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 I'm trying to pinpoint the difference from last year to this year because I don't think we were talking about um, the separation as much last season. There were so many full 60-minute efforts or at least like 10 minutes of a game where the Hawks slipped and it ended up costing them. That has been the story for the past couple of games. I, I think Yesterday against Buffalo is probably the most similar occurrence. But this team just continues to get burned when they make a mistake. That's going to keep happening uh, when you're taking on teams that are of better caliber. So it's back to the fact where this team needs to play a full 60. Until they get to there, they're not going to go on a stretch. I will say, though, I do think that that is starting to trend in that direction. And that's going to flip at some point. Because they can't just continue to get burned on every little mistake or continue to to catch some rough puck, puck luck. And I'm not blaming the losses on puck luck, but there is a, a corresponding effect. And I, I think sooner or later that is going to turn and they are going to have to go on a little bit of a run at some point. And not to mention, they've been hit by the injury bug a little bit too. I mean, guys like Taylor Hall provide a huge difference for this team when he's available and when he's not. 100%. And, and the game against Tampa... Two meetings against Tampa ago, I guess about 10 days ago now, where he was injured. Luke Richardson said he was having a dominant game. I mean, really just playing both ends of the ice, 200-foot style of play. and So definitely getting him to stick in the lineup. He's had a, had a couple of minor injuries and setbacks. I think will definitely help team chemistry, team point production, and getting Andreas Athanasiu back as well. I think when he comes off the injured list, remember a a 40-point producer for the Blackhawks last season, earned a two-year extension on his one-year prove-it deal from last year. So there, there are definitely some pieces that once they get healthy, I think the roster will start to look more like what the coaching staff envisioned in September. That's Chris Vosters. He's here on Blackhawks Live, sitting in at 720 WGN Radio. Chris, you get to talk to Luke Richardson on a very consistent basis. I mean, we all do with the media scrums, but you get to dig a little bit deeper and pick his brain a little bit more. What's what's the most impressive thing you've learned about Luke Richardson so far? 
it just is tied to his demeanor, I think. The nickname that might be most appropriate is Cool Hand Luke. I mean, he he does he, he's a he's a competitive person. Obviously, he he wants to win, he expects to win. He said when he took the job two summers ago now that he intends to make life as as difficult as possible on Kyle Davidson. He said that in a joking way, of course, but with all of the talk about the Blackhawks stocking draft picks and high draft picks at that, he made it clear right up front that his intention, his goal, of course, is to win games in the NHL. And I think he does a great job communicating a, a patient and positive yet persistent message to the guys in the locker room. And, and that's why you see the compete level so high game in and game out. Sure, there are games where they are lacking in the skill department right now against some of the other elite teams in the league. But I think the way this team plays hard and competes is absolutely a reflection of Luke Richardson. And he's always great to talk to. I mean, he's he's very expressive. I mean, he's very uh, transparent, I think would be the better word when... He doesn't like something. He's very open about it, but he also communicates the game very well to all of us in the in the press corps and, and by extension fans, and I think is very open about what the team is working on, what he wants to see, and he doesn't get too high or too low, and over the course of an 82-game season, I think that's what you want in a coach, and he also has great humility. He doesn't even though he played over 1,400 games in the NHL, he doesn't insert himself into the locker room a whole lot. He lets the players run the show by and large. And he really, I think because he's got a player's perspective, he respects the sanctity of the locker room and doesn't make it about him and lets the players sort of do their own coaching and monitoring and policing He's been asked a couple of times, hey, what are you telling Connor Bedard? How are you coaching him? What kind of tips are you giving him? And he's been very open about, there's not a lot that I have to teach him or right. show him or, or share with them. I mean, he's got the, the natural ability that I never had. And it's the responsibility of the veterans in the locker room to really show Connor Bedard some of the nuances of life in an NHL locker room. I, I, I do think that Chicago is lucky to have Luke Richardson right now, and that's it's not blowing smoke just because I, I've said this for a while now, but it's it's his his answers, like you said, he's he's very intuitive. He he gives a thoughtful, uh, extensive answer to each question. He's he's not just doing the cliches. He's not hiding things, and I do think he presents that transparency to the team as well, and and to everyone else. Um, Hockey coaches are not always like that, though. Correct. And, um, I mean, you, you call hockey, you call basketball, you call football, baseball. Who, out of all those sports, which coach is, would you say, is, is, do you get the most from? I would, I, in terms of specifics, I would certainly put Luke Richardson at the top. Well, of, not, not like a specific personality, just like the, the sport, sport in general. Yeah. That's tough. I, I mean, Football coaches are, and I've never done an NFL game, but at the college level anyway, college football coaches are very guarded and very reticent to share even what you think would be harmless information. I would say baseball is, you know, every, every sport has got their their superstitions and their quirks. I would say baseball, because of how long of a season it is, 
managers tend to be pretty loose, relaxed, and laid back. I know we've you know certainly got plenty of funny stories. I'm sure of interactions with managers from minor league baseball yeah fighting about official scoring reviews and that that should be a hit not an error yeah all all of that good stuff i would say that though and again i'm painting in broad strokes but basketball is probably the most laid back sport yeah in terms of coaches are pretty chill about you coming by practice and asking what their lineup's going to look like that night and being forthcoming about Injury information, of course, within reason, but there, there's really not a whole lot of a difference, I would say. And, you know, I, I think kind of getting back to what we were talking about with chemistry between broadcast partners, I think you can develop chemistry with coaches as well yeah. by covering a team on a on a day-in and day-out basis. And you definitely get your favorites. For sure. And I, I think just showing face around the team, and you do a great job of this as well, covering the Hawks for WGN, I think coaches and team personnel get to know you get to like you get to trust you and then it's it's easier to get more pertinent information from them because they know that it's going to a trusted source what's your second favorite sport because uh, I'll, I'll just assume hockey's your favorite sport to call what's your second favorite sport is it is it football I, I like them all for for lots of different reasons i i grew up a huge football fan so it's a lot of fun broadcasting football and the prep for football and the call but especially the prep is is so different than any other sport it's really a week-long process to get ready for a football game you meet with coaches during the week and then you put together your big spotting board and and you're watching previous games to just try and cram huge rosters into your head and just the structure of a game every week as opposed to three games in one week just changes the way that you prepare for a football game I'm very I I will always have a soft spot in my heart for baseball too because that's where I started my broadcast career and I love the pace of a baseball game I love that you can kick back and have a conversation during the course of nine innings even with the rules to expedite the process of the game which I think are good for the game of baseball me too it's still much more laid back than hockey where you really just have to be on the puck all game and choose your spots wisely to have moments of levity with your broadcast partner or maybe tell a little bit of a story or some background information on a guy so I love the the art of broadcasting as a whole and I love how different the sports are and I love the challenges of broadcasting sports that I never thought I would Olympic sports in particular so I'm very fortunate to have tried multiple different sports and what I what I like to say is that my favorite sport is is the one that I'm doing tonight I really just like being in the moment and I really like the preparation that goes into every broadcast whatever whatever the sport may be it's Chris Foster's TV voice, the Chicago Blackhawks. We've got one more segment of Blackhawks Live next. It's Jack's last thoughts when we come back. Blackhawks Live, 720 WGN. Last stop of Blackhawks Live. Hawks' next game will be Black Wednesday. We're visiting the Columbus Blue Jackets, taking on another struggling team. Columbus has lost their last nine games, so Hawks will be looking to end their four-game skid in just a jam-packed week. Hawks are playing on Black Wednesday, Black Friday, and then they're playing again on Sunday. 
And I said it last week, they're basically playing a game every other day until the Christmas holiday. If you stretch it out, it, it turns into that trend. It's it's nonstop. It's go time. This is the second time today that I've heard the term Black Wednesday. And I I was today years old when I <laughs> really? heard that term. I, of course, know about Black Friday, but I didn't know that we had leapfrogged to the other side <laughs> of Thanksgiving and now we're labeling it Black Wednesday. I, I don't want to say it's a Chicago thing because I, I don't think that, but... Is it like because there's deals even, at, or something? Is it see, like a shopping so thing? Is that why it's called Black Friday because of the deals? Yeah, that's what I I thought it was all tied to the to the shopping deals. Yeah, I mean, I hope it's. I, I know there's another nickname for it, but I, I I don't know what it says about my morality if I if I say it. But, I know where you're going with that. Yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's the it's the Wednesday where all the college kids come home. Friendsgiving. And, yeah, that's okay. The, that's the appropriate. With alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, a, that's a great way to put it. Jack Heinrich, our producer. Jack, this is uh, Jack's last thoughts. What do you got? Um, kind of what you guys were touching on before with the lines. I think it was a good change of pace. Uh, the new combinations, what we saw. Um, you can see a little bit more spark from that top line, what they're looking for, and um, just couldn't get it done on the, on the uh, offensive end just enough. But in the locker room, what really stood out to me is just how mad everybody was. Um, you can tell that the... Four-game losing streak starting to wear on them, and these have been some winnable games, and we'll see if the consistent schedule now with not a lot of breaks can help, but this is one I think they're looking to win on Wednesday. But you can tell these guys, they, they've been saying a lot of the right things, but it's starting to get time that you got to prove it on the ice with the, the way they've gone with wins and then not showing up the next night. And I remember that being a big topic last year because that was another challenge of Luke Richardson's to keep the morality, the, right. the team energy up with so many tight games but still coming up with losses because, as guys have said, it sucks. And it's it's tough to, to get up for games each and every day when you know you, you play your heart out but still come up short. So you know we could be seeing that again. And let's face it, that's not what they want guys like Connor Bedard to be featuring each and every day. So that's why guys like Felino, Perry, Taylor Hall were brought in to, to try and keep that energy up at a constant base. Yeah, they've had a lot of injuries, too, to some of those offensive guys with Asinacio and Hall's been in and out. So it's been a, a lot of these young guys have been thrown into it, and it, part of developing is learning how to win. Um, totally. I mean, you can just look look at the Bears. They, they got a lot of young guys. They don't know how to win, clearly. So you got to learn how to win in professional sports. You didn't need to bring up the Bears. I don't know why you decided that was a good time to I see, do that. I spent but... too much time with Hampton OB yesterday. Yeah, it's yeah, you did. Off on me. <laughs> uh, we got one last uh, bit here with Chris Foster's. Chris, I, when you got the gig, I was super happy for you because Thanks, I know how hard you work. I know how much you just appreciate the industry as you kind of oozed about it in the last segment. But uh, anything that you feel about yourself that you'd like Blackhawks fans to know that maybe you don't get to express because you got a job to do, you got to be on TV and talk about the games or anything you'd like to give to them? Just what an honor and a privilege it is to be in the chair and how special I think it is to get to work for the Blackhawks and how special and fortunate I am to be the television voice of the team it's a dream job it's a major market and I just can't imagine a, a better outcome for my career up to this point I'm, I'm just so thankful and so appreciative for the support that I've gotten from people within the organization within the NHL and among the fan base and I just want everybody to know how much I love the job and how I strive to give it my all every day as cliche as that might sound but I'm very fortunate I've got a lot of great people that I work with and I love my job so really excited to 
be a part of this franchise and especially be a part of a franchise with so much history at this very historic moment in team history coming up on the 100 year anniversary fresh off a a dynasty of three cups in six years and now turning over this new leaf with a new team and a new cornerstone player I'm really excited to see where it goes and I'm really excited to be a part of be a part of it and have a front row seat for all the action all right man thanks for doing this I know you don't have too many off days this uh, upcoming couple of weeks so I appreciate you spending time with us of course and I, I do just want to say also that while I am on the TV side how much I appreciate the partnership that the Hawks have with WGN you do a great job covering the team Joe you're an amazing broadcaster you're also an amazing person I know the Blackhawks love you John Wideman and Troy Murray what more can you say about the caliber of broadcasts that they crank out every night they work more than I do with the with the national <laughs> games that get taken off my plate, and uh, again, you know, Mary Boyle from the top on down coming to this top notch studio. Our guy Jack does a great job uh, behind the scenes and on the mic. Paul Zarang, fabulous engineer. Uh, so many great components to the Blackhawks and WGN, and uh, I'm really just an honor to be a part of it. All right, you hit everyone on the list. Great job, pal. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's Chris Vosters. This has been Blackhawks Live. Hawks next game against Columbus on Wednesday. You can call it Black Wednesday if you want. FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show at 5.30. Steve Ruxton has your news next after the break. And then it's John Landecker. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your Monday night, everybody.